This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can watch all your favorite 323 friends and shows on the 323 Network YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media platforms at 323read. And support us as we continue to grow at patreon.com slash 323read. That's 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. Happy post-Super Bowl funk to you and all, ladies and gentlemen. It's been it's it's the full NFL season hangover that we're having. We usually do the Sunday hangover until the uh, you know the Dan Lebetard show you know wanted to steal that and make it the Monday hangover. Whatever, whatever. We got the full NFL season hangover here, and we're doing it with the two best friends that anyone can have post Vegas hangover. We have Scott Elia of the three, two, three college shame day and Zahir Ali of the animation deliberation podcast. Good to see you guys as always. And look, before we get into all the usual hijinks and the fun of everything, uh, you know, Super Bowl, Kansas city chiefs, they won for the second year in a row, first repeat since the Oh three, Oh four Patriots. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the season. We'll talk about the commercials, everything, you know, all the fun of it. But we do first have to dive into what happened just in the middle of this post-Super Bowl week, which was the Kansas City Chiefs having their celebration parade and gunshots ring out during this. It was a, it was a whole fun event that was happening. I kept getting great updates about, you know, Chris Jones and Mahomes dancing and all this stuff. And then get the first update from you know, Ari Mirov, my sports update, that there have been gunshots, there have been shots fired at the parade, everything's clearing out, people have been shot, and just every notification just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. I believe there were 11 people wounded at the time. The shooters that did this were apprehended and taken down. It's a video of some getting taken down by fans during all of this, but you also had children who were shot and wounded, put in the hospital. There's only been one death reported as as of this recording on Thursday night. But it was said from Kansas City Police that a preliminary investigation found that the shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade appears to be the result of an argument between two groups of people that ended in gunfire. The suspects being held have not been charged yet and just through all of this, you know, everybody does the usual thoughts and prayers, whatever. There's these shootings, these mass shootings, whatever happens at these things. But it's just, it's just, just enraging and bullshit. And it's exhausting to see this continuously happen. And we don't want to dive. I don't want to, I don't want to do that whole thing where we dive into the politics of it all and the ultra seriousness of it. But then you have, it brings it back to these people who always scream and scream at athletes of keep politics out of sports, keep it out of sports. I just want my sports. I want that coverage. I don't want to hear about, you know, mass shootings. I don't want to hear about, you know, racism. And I think this is a case. And I'll ask you guys if you believe that it's possible to keep politics out of sports in any case, or if it's even responsible to keep things like this out of sports and allow athletes to speak on it, allow sports journalists to cover it. Because at the end of the day, to me, like it always bleeds in, right? And this is the most literal time that it has. We've never seen this happen at a, at a victory parade from any sport where you have a disaster of this type of situation of this level. And it, it makes you feel helpless to an extent to where like, you don't know like where are you supposed to be able to do anything without the fear of something like this happening now. But how do you, how do you all feel just about politics and sports and new and discussion of sports? Or do you, do you want, do you want sports to be able to just wash over everything and be the distraction from other stuff? Or does it get dangerous when you allow sports to be a distraction? I mean, I enjoy it as a distraction, 
but for it's it's in any industry when people become that popular and that renowned and all eyes are on them you know they take the opportunity to have a platform um so whether they you know are going through something themselves or have experienced something that they want to share like you can't really harp on them for being human beings that have to live in the society right like yeah we try to make the most out of them as for sports specifically as entertainers for 17 guaranteed games out of the year but like they're human beings at the end of the day it's i mean like like all these reports from the shooting i was getting from espn which i thought was the oddest thing like it wasn't any other news outlet that was going out of my phone it wasn't the apple news app that was like telling me anything on my phone it was espn that was getting all these pop-ups on so I mean, at the end of the day, like news is news. People experience either live things like for the amount of players and coaches and staff that were in this parade, like you expect them to go on the rest of their lives now, just like totally ignoring something that like directly affected them and their families. Um, so as much as we would like for the world to be a happy place where we can just sit and enjoy sports, like that's just not the reality of it. Yeah, and no, I'm right there with you. Like it's... I think it's 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 a willful ignorance to use sports as kind of like the blinders to the reality of the world. You know, you know, these athletes, they're not robots out there on the field or on the court. You know, they're human beings with opinions and thoughts and feelings about, about certain things. I mean, and they're entitled to those things. You might not like it, but you have to respect it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there's been times where me and Reed have had discussions, me and Zoo have had discussions. Yeah, sometimes it's about witty banter and really, you know, irrelevant topics. But I mean, there's been times where serious things have come up and we don't necessarily agree 100 percent with things but at the end of the day you still should respect people's opinions and you know really what i feel like this is going to open up to is our teams our team's going to start looking at these parades and these celebrations that should be about you know celebrating the team and the success and you know at the banding a city together are they going to start to start rethinking how they're going to be going after this and having a repeat because if you look at the you know the statistics to everything, I know it's only February and the 2023 stats haven't really came out, but I mean, 14 of the top 30 dangerous cities have major sports in them. So you know, Kansas City, Kansas City falls at like number five or number six as far as you know dangerous cities in regards to like uh, like violent crimes. But you know, our team's gonna have to pivot away from doing these massive parades, just doing like a you know, first come first serve kind of celebration at the stadiums or like some kind of venue or that point, because I can tell you, I mean, Reed, you work with kids. I have kids. Zoo's a kid at heart, you know, like, like not, I, I already wouldn't want to bring them to that kind of a situation, no matter how big of a fan I was of whatever team won the, won the championship. But this even further pushes me in the other direction. Like I, there's no way I'm going to an area with like, I think what was the estimate? Like a million people. We're yeah, there. It was, it was about a million civilians. Was, yeah. Right. It's like, there's no way I'm taking them out in that kind of a crowd because you have idiots like this who get in a scuffle and they completely forget their surroundings. They forget that there's a million people around them and it's not an isolated incident. You're going to have innocent bystanders caught in crossfire. Dude, I was at um, the Virginia Beach Convention Center last Saturday because I had the gun show over here. And one of the first booths that I saw when I walked in was um, ballistic padding that you could put in your kid's backpack. That's what that's that's what the craziest thing is to me. Like you said, I work I work with kids and we do intruder drills and active shooter drills with them and they're just so like they're great at it. They do it just completely nonchalantly. They are quick about it. They take it seriously to an extent, but to them now like to kids now it's just like what a fire drill was to us. Right, it's just kids. second nature like, at this point, which right. is sad. Yeah, you just yeah, you're just ready for it. And there's sometimes like, and I get used to it too. But then there are just sometimes I just look at it and I'm just, I was like, this is insane to me that this is the reality now. And I was with the kids while this was going down and just seeing the, you know, the numbers and the you know the news that there were kids separated, there were kids shot, and ultimately that's that's what's going to happen. What you said about you know the death of the parade in in whole because instead of actual you know some type of legislation being attacked towards you know any discussion towards any type of gun control or 
you know, some type of legislation there, it will turn to the parade and be the parade's fault. And you won't see, I, I, I would bet that you won't see victory parades like this for sports anymore. It will be something contained to where police can know the entrances and the exits because ultimately this could have been a lot worse. And this is, and it's much, it's big credit to the people who took down the shooters, but it's also just the scary fact that this was just a disagreement. This apparently some type of disagreement, a dispute, an argument. Don't know what the exact nature of it was, but it just seemed like these were strays that were being, that were being shot. Not anything with not intention to hurt these, you know, the innocent uh, civilians. And I mean, that's that's a massive wake up call to not only the NFL, but police in these cities. And, you know, when having these types of events that this could have been one of the biggest disasters in our history in this country, even though there's been a shit ton of them over the recent years, which is awful and terrifying to think of i'm sure there'll be more news from this we'll we'll have more updates on what exactly happened and probably more statements from the nfl but ultimately everything is just going to keep moving on we will try to attack the discussion at other times too but we will get into what led to the parade and you know that being super bowl week and all um it was a exhausting ass week last week i don't <laughs> like, like i don't know how you survived with like recording every single day and then you know going into the weekend and then you had super bowl sunday going on i don't know how you survived well the fact that it was also just a visual like it was like we're so visual heavy now that i didn't take into account i was like oh i gotta edit the visual part of the show every day <laughs> now too but it was fun and i'm really grateful to you guys being there and to everybody that contributed from... <laughs> subscribe on youtube yes exactly subscribe on youtube the 323 network on youtube where you can see our beautiful faces you can also see our beautiful faces in person uh march 8th is what we're saying we know it's march 8th friday march 8th 9 15 p.m <laughs> Yeah, it needed to be loud because this is an exciting time. We're back at AwesomeCon. We're going to be there doing the Unfamily Geeky Family Feud. And uh, we'll have more and more details on that. We'll have nice promos for it. But AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C. You can see us. Shit, you can see Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum of Smallville right before us in the exact same room. And then you can just chill and wait for us, which I'm already mentally preparing for their autograph line or whatever is going to happen after their show le- bleeding into our show, but shit might get them well, to play the feud. <laughs> well, my, well, there's that. And my thing is, is anyone scheduled to come on before after us? Are we the last ones? I think we're the last ones in that room. So, after it, party. Yeah. so, so based off of last year and how much we had to scramble to get everything together because the other people ran over their time. Um, I think having a line form for their autographs wouldn't be the worst thing. No, at least that way it gives us time to jump on the stage and actually like get everything put together. Cause they don't, they don't give you a big window. No, they did not. And we, that's why we did not have music to accompany our whole panel. And did we have something that we needed a handout before the show too? We have mm-hmm. answer sheets. Yeah. yeah so while the people are in the line, we could just be handing out the sheets like, yo, save this for the next segment. Stick around. <laughs> hey, do you need, Hey, do you need something to be autographed? Here's this answer sheet. You can just hang around. <laughs> You're gonna have to hold on to it for the next segment, anyways. Here's this QR code. Don't sign on the QR code, but here's the. <laughs> no, it'll be a great time, and all of this leads into that. Last week was Super Week. We made it. We survived. Um, Super Bowl has happened. The Kansas City Chiefs are the victors once again. Yeah, the shaking your heads. It's shaking your heads, but it was, I think, an exciting Super Bowl. I think it was an exciting game. I think it was one of my favorites, even though it was, it was pretty defensive heavy. But, man, I was stressed the hell out by the end of that game. I was on the edge of my seat watching this shit. You were stressed. You're, you're the person you were viewing the, the game was probably more stressed than you were. She gave up around halftime, just kind of gave in. She was like, yeah, this is, you know, the 49. Brock Purdy can have it. And then once it started going, like, once they made that comeback, she, yeah, the stress was real over there and yeah the the i think the viewership for this was 123 million viewers screw you moon landing yeah exactly this is the high (laughs) that's that's how big 
That's how big the NFL is. The NFL, this was the biggest event since we went to the fucking moon. (laughs) Listen, and they know how to market that because I am now a proud subscriber to Paramount Plus. Damn right. Did you see it was bigger than the moon because they had a star in the booth. You beat me to the sound. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, well, I'll ask you guys just like your full your full reactions and thoughts from everything on this, from the Super Bowl, from you know, the game itself, halftime with Usher, which I've got thoughts on Usher. I've got thoughts on that halftime show. I think Swiss I think Beats has thoughts on that too. Swiss Beats better have thoughts. I was disappointed <laughs> by Swiss Beats thoughts because that was that was questionable, and I was very surprised to see Alicia Keys, but also very pleased to see Alicia Keys. And so Usher, yeah, yeah, Usher, yeah, Usher got in there. So, uh, you know, we'll go over the commercials. I know Zoo's got commercial thoughts. I mean, I really want to get into the Kelsey stuff because I don't think CBS covered that nearly as well as they should have when that happened of Travis Kelsey bumping into Andy Reid and screaming in his ear. Like he almost knocked the poor old man over and Mm -hmm. like, I could ask you, did Kelsey go too far? But my, the question I kind of have been thinking about and from chiefs fan, mama Murphy, who's very upset at Travis Kelsey for this. She does not like him for this. Did Andy Reid not handle it nearly as much or as well as he should have? Because it seemed like there was no consequence from that. I understand they love each other. They're probably going to monetize this into like a State Farm commercial where they're yelling about nuggies or something. But I, I, I didn't think I thought he should have been benched for a series at least. Like maybe not benched for the whole game. I know it's the Super Bowl. That'd be kind of crazy. But he should have been benched for a series. Just show him shamefully sitting on the bench or something. But. I don't. I don't know what you all's thoughts regarding everything are, but I'll. Whoever wants to kick it off can go ahead. Uh, big picture, it didn't really bother me too much in the moment. It was kind of shocking, but like Kelsey got pulled on the play where was it Pacheco fumbled in the end zone or fumbled right before the end zone. So it's like there's context around it, and like both of them came out and said like he felt bad about it and hugged them and apologized and this and that. Like, we don't know what the relationship is like off the field. This is a very high tension game. It's one that they've been to a lot. We said that they got here just due to grit alone because, you know, their offense wasn't holding up their end of the bargain. It was a shocker that their defense played as well as they did. So it's like, I, and also we said it was a very defensive game. Like that's got to be ridiculously frustrating for both of these offenses as well, because they just could not get the ball moving. So for, like I don't I don't blame him that you pulled one of the best players for one play and then that one play like went to shit when like nobody was scoring for a while. So in the in the big picture of things like yeah, it's football, it's intense, but at the end of the day, like it's not like he's consistently disrespectful to Reed. Like we know how great of a relationship that whole team has. So it's in the at the end of the day it's not that big of a deal. And the memes have been great. Somehow it was Taylor's yeah. fault. It's always Taylor's fault. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to take Andy Reid's lead. I, it's if he wants, however he wants to handle it, it's how he wants to handle it. And I think, especially when you're on the biggest game of the year, yeah, you can send a message and sit him for a series, but at the end, what's that going to do? You know, it's not going to really do anything. You know, you would want to see him sit for the game, having that kind of a reaction, but he, he always, he's always kind of had a track record record to being explosive and being very reactionary and really wearing his quote unquote heart in his sleeve. Um, but when you have all the lights on you, especially with Taylor Swift and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was seeing a lot of comments and messages about, you know, Taylor Swift after that should actually leave Travis Kelsey, you know, showing his true colors. And, you know, you don't want to be around someone who's going to be aggressive like that. No, big, big red flags, big red flag. But, energy. It's going to be the new Rihanna Chris Brown. But if you want to ask me of my overall takeaways from everything Super Bowl, halftime show, commercials kind of included, it's just going to boil down to one word. It was mid. The Super Bowl was mid. All the way around the Super Bowl game, predictable. We all knew this was going to happen. <laughs> the NFL is going to squeeze every fucking penny they can out of that cash cow in Kansas City. 
So when they went down 10 to three going to the halftime, I was texting one of my brothers and he was like, you think the Niners are going to get away with this? Like, nope, they're going to come back. They're going to have overtime and they're going to come. They're going to win it in some comeback fashion, which leads me to another thing. How the fuck do Niners players not know the overtime rules in the playoffs? Like that they seems get to be that often. <laughs> well, it, like they have meeting after meeting after meeting. They go over these rule changes from top to bottom. Like they, they, they should have known. And if they did know, if they didn't know, then that's absolutely piss poor management from the San Francisco coaching staff. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean the commercials were meh. There's only like three that kind of stick out of my brain. Halftime show, meh. I enjoyed it. I liked. I liked listening to music. I got down a little bit, but um, I have my own feelings about how these these venues should handle their halftime shows and what artists they should book. Well, okay. So there's a lot to dissect into there. For, I will go back to the to the overtime rules thing first, which is, I mean, Kyle Uzcheck let it out that he said he didn't know the overtime rules. He didn't know the new rules. This was the first time that they've done these overtime rules since they enacted it. Back since back in I think three years ago of that Chiefs Bills controversial mm-hmm. ending, and Kyle Shanahan kind of kind of admitted that they didn't know it, but then he seemed to double down and say they did know it. He just did that on purpose because he wanted the third shot. He wanted to he wanted to make sure that they have the third shot, which is also bullshit, or even worse, maybe it's dumber because there's no guarantee that you get the third shot as we saw in this game where they don't, they did not get the third shot because they got the field. They took the field goal on the first drive, which mm-hmm. I think at that point, that's a fourth. If you're, if you have the ball on the first drive of this new overtime, you need to go for the touchdown. You can't settle for a field goal there, especially against Mahomes. We've all learned like, this is, this is one of my biggest things this year is to not doubt Mahomes. And at that point in the game, you know, he's hot. You know that he's going to get down the field easily. I mean, we saw that when it got, I think they had a minute 50 left and uh, kicked it back to the Chiefs. I was like, oh, yeah, this is overtime. Easy. He only needs like 30 seconds to get in the field goal range. What the hell are they doing? They, they'll be lucky if they get to overtime with the Niners. But I mean, uh, uh, it's, it, it's, it's irritating with Kyle Shanahan. They use the defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, kind of as the scapegoat. He got fired right after the game, which you could kind of see happen during the game when I I don't remember what play it was during the fourth quarter, but whatever defensive alignment there was, that you could see that McCole Hardman was going to burn the shit out of the 49ers. And Kyle Shanahan saw that too, called the timeout and made Steve Wilkes fix that. Like that, he was like, "That's bad. That's bad." And uh, it apparently happened again during overtime. So, I, I guess it's a rightful scapegoat. But damn, Kyle Shanahan really is kind of like the new Andy Reid. Everybody's been saying yeah. it all week, but he he really is now at this point. Andy Reid took forever to win a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan has had three opportunities now, two as a head coach, and it just doesn't like something does not click in the second half. And I was very disappointed because you you said it was predictable, Scott. And Zoo and I, you know, the top two on Ricks versus Grick's postseason, we picked the 49ers. I had full belief in the 49ers leading into Sunday afternoon. I was like, I was all in. I was like, yo, that's like Niners are going to get this first thing in 30 years. Like there's no way, like the Chiefs, the Chiefs will give it, make it a fight, but there's no way they're actually going to win this. It can't happen. This is too scripted. It's too story, too storyline. Then the game was progressing. I was like, oh yeah, shit, the Chiefs are going to win this. This is bad. That's the bigger storyline. And that's why who actually ended up winning the uh the postseason Ricks versus Gricks? Was it was it you? Oh yeah, because you got you got the tiebreaker. Purple Gatorade, Black his- Black History Month. <laughs> but okay, so I wanna I wanna dive into the commercials here with Zoo. And then we will get to the halftime show because I want to hear your halftime show thoughts, Scott, and how oh. how you, how you can apparently uh, you'll fix the halftime show. But yep. Zoo, the commercials, I kind of agree with Scott. I thought I liked them during the actual game. Like I thought I was enjoying the commercials, and now thinking on it, not even a week later, I can't really remember any of them outside of a couple, including I mean 
the ones I remember the most were the trailers. And that's what it seems to be like every year, these debut trailers. So, you know, Deadpool 3 geeks me out. But then I didn't know they were making a sequel to Twister. And I got very excited during the Super Bowl for this for Twisters. And when I saw that the name was Twisters, oh, I was I was like, oh, this is gonna be the nineties shitstorm of a movie I've been waiting for. This is gonna be awesome. Oh my god. I didn't even see that. I just Googled it. Fuck off. Oh, it's great. Glenn Powell. Oh my god, he's gonna be perfect. He's playing like overly cocky tornado chaser, and now they're chasing twins. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. I hate but, it. I mean, between that, like the only commercials like I can really remember were the Dunkings with Ben Affleck and Tom Brady and Matt Damon, which I thought was really funny. Uh, the I think it was a YouTube TV commercial with all the bird, all the bird team, all the bird <laughs> NFL teams, players like flying away and migrating for this year. <laughs> I wish I saw that one. Oh, I think it was somewhere near the start. That was a that was a really interesting one. And then one that the national audience wouldn't know, but I hope they seek out, which was it was in the DMV and it was for I think I don't know if it was like FH fur plumbing in heating and air or some some heating and air, you know, area for DC. And Joe Jacoby, uh famous Washington football legend, was in the commercial. Oh. And just kept saying, uh, you know, you call, you know, get your plumbing fix just over and over. And it was just it was like this real kid friendly ad. And then like they're doing the jingle at the end and you just hear like a shink, like an axe go down and like somebody scream and like this gushing, crunching sound. And the last part of the commercial is like some dude holding like his like his like hand with like fingers chopped off and shit and saying, I just got my finger. I just lost half my hand. I need my plumbing fixed. And I don't know <laughs> like what the hell it was, but it was like a horror show and a nightmare. And the only thing I remember from the commercials now. <laughs> so that was my thought on commercials. Not, I think perfectly mid, like Scott said, zoo, wh- where were you with the commercials this year? Yeah. Commercials were mid. You mentioned two of the one out of two of the ones out of my list. Um, so Duncan was, awesome it was just great seeing that cast and everyone goofing off and one of the things that like the party that i was that was doing was everyone was trying to guess the brand before like the commercial unveiled it uh so that kind of made it a little entertaining but then by the time i got home from the night like there was only one that i like genuinely remembered as being funny um so duncan was funny in the moment uh deadpool and wolverine like that was really cool um the two that I really, really enjoyed, but I saw like the week leading up to the Super Bowl is the the John Krasinski one where it was um Oh that was yeah <laughs> the yeah, trailer the for references. If. Yeah. Um so that one was really funny, but again I saw it before and then Aubrey Plaza's Mountain Dew commercials was great. I that probably would have been my favorite commercial like had I seen it on its own. Um so those four were great, but the one that like I hadn't seen yet and genuinely made me crack up was the Discover card of uh, "Am I a robot?" She was just like talking <laughs> on the support line. It was just kind of like, "Are you a robot?" She was like, hey, "Am I a robot?" Am I? Oh, is that the How Jennifer Coolidge commercial? To you, <laughs> just the delivery of that line and the awkward silence and the shock of just contemplating life. Everything about that was like, yes, like given the parameters of me watching like all these commercials. Like whether I had seen it before or not, this and that, like that one was definitely the best. AI was like really heavy during this too, because there mm-hmm. was like this one commercial for AI and, or I thought it was for AI and, you know, the promotion of it and maybe like some new AI website. And then it showed that the people behind the AI sitting in cubicles were the minions. And it turned out to just be an AI teaser trailer for Despicable Me 4. And then of course we had AI Jesus washing feet. And he gets us ads. I feel like Scott had something for those ads. Yeah. And I'll, I'll try to drum up the passion that I did when me and you were ranting, when I was just ranting about it before we started recording. The passion but of the AI it, Christ. It, 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 it blows my mind that a, a year in and year out, the, 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 the buying price to get an uh, ad spot in the Super Bowl just keeps going up. It's never going to go down. It's always going to keep, it's going to keep, you know, going with the market. But 
the amount of how many spots did you i think i counted like four or five yeah of they those, of those ads yeah they were like a slight second to timu or timu right R- fucking timu now i know the pronunciation of timu yeah <laughs> but like the amount of money that they had dumped into running those ads i feel if I feel like Jesus would have wanted you to give the money back to the community in some way to be a, you know, you know, doing something, whether it's using the money for, you know, homeless shelters or food banks or something. But no, you decided to buy five, six TV spots of Jesus washing people's feet. But they gave it to another nonprofit organization, which is the NFL. (laughs) I said that at the party and everyone was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) NFL is a nonprofit organization. But um, and then the only other commercials that kind of stuck out in my brain was a Duolingo commercial of the uh of the bird getting his butt pumped up and getting all nice and juicy. Do you do you not see that one? No, I, I did not see that one. He what? was cheap. I mean, what? you want to talk about cake or cake? And he was caking. <laughs> he was thick up. I'll have to find that one and send it to you. Um, there's you that watching? one, and and then there's the um. Did you see the Kanye West commercial spot? No, okay, was that real? Because I saw like a I saw like a TikTok of that that kind of Right, so I didn't ad, think it was real. I thought real. it was like in, in some areas maybe. Right, it might have been in some areas. So like that's where I thought it was on TikTok, but I missed like the first quarter of the game because I was trying to pirate the game instead of giving Paramount Plus my money. Uh but they got it anyway. So maybe I had missed it. Um but the other commercial that had to be just rolling was the Paramount Plus commercial yeah, with that was... Patrick Stewart. Shut your mouth, Barrymore. And then you just throws hey arnold as, as that was another one i saw go. beforehand it was so funny paramount mountain's always great you can never go wrong with that i love little crossovers especially what, was, what was the last part of it where it was like oh if only we had some real pig skin and it goes over to <laughs> oh to peppa pig yeah. <laughs> throw, throw the child <coughs> well okay the final thing that we'll touch on here with the super bowl is the halftime show and Ursher baby, he was he was on one during this. I'll say this about the show. I don't know how you felt, Zoo, and we'll we'll get to Scott on it. But I thought it started out mid. I I wound up actually liking this. I thought it started mid. I thought he did a few too many slow songs for the Super Bowl. I like his slow songs, but it's not working for me for a Super Bowl halftime show. And then it started to turn up. Alicia Keys. Very much caught my attention. We've gone over that. And then who came on after that? Was it her? I think her came on, which I bet in households across America was probably the greatest game of who's on first, like the greatest new who's on first between kids and their parents who have never heard of her and are asking, who's she? That's her. Yeah, who is that? That's her. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought her guitar riff was awesome. And then they got onto roller skates, which that's what sealed the deal for me. It's high high risk, high reward. Like you could have easily busted his ass and I was expecting him to bust his ass at some point. Also, it was genius that they had the stage to where like in the direction that they were skating, there was motion going that way to make it look like they were going like a lot further than they actually were. Right. So from like a set design aspect, that was just incredible decision making. Oh yeah. And then you had, I was like, they're only taking like two steps. Like they're really not going that far, but it's like, whoosh, whoosh. Oh, the one that you're forgetting in between her and Alicia Keys is Jermaine Dupree because yeah, everyone thought it was CeeLo Green. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> yeah, I had no idea who sure. that was. That's who I, had, it was. I had no idea who it was in the moment. My mom asked if it was Little John. I was like, absolutely. I was like, you racist. No. I was like, that's closer to CeeLo. <laughs> <You're> ra- <laughs> <laughs> in February, mom. In February. No, like he looked like the, the little lad who loves berries and cream. Oh, the- God. <laughs> But they went from that, and then Lil John like really got the shit going with "Turn Down for What," and then like screaming in the middle, "Turn Down for What?" Shit, and just like live air, NFL got it through it. Ludacris comes out as oh old heads going crazy all over the country. It was I thought it was an awesome end to the performance. Uh, Zoo, I don't know what your thoughts were on it. I'm curious to know from both of you too, like how you feel about just how TV made the Super Bowl halftime show is like, it doesn't feel like something that would be enjoyable if you're there. 
but it's like fully like a fully tv made production now zoo what were your what were your thoughts from halftime i mean but the way that they're making displays in these stadiums like you can still watch it pretty comfortably like from that tv perspective it's true um especially if you have places like sofi and at&t and all them like yeah i'm sure it looks great on the displays that they have there um but overall like i enjoy usher songs but i don't have like a huge catalog of them if that makes sense so i think i enjoyed like the second half of the show more than the first because more songs that it recognized started to come in um the whole thing about like they said i'd never be here it's like you were there in 2011 like you've been here before and you butchered that because you had a bad day and will i am had to do the song for you because um, okay i mean you're back where i was excited i was excited that it was usher and i think it was you know just like the rest of the, the word of the day it was it was mid it was fine i enjoyed the back half more than the first um little john Ludacris was a lot of fun when they did come up um you know he can still sing he can still dance like i said the stage production was incredible i pay attention to that a lot uh so overall it was it, it was well done but i don't think it's going to be one of my more memorable ones I completely forgot about Will I Am being there, Scott. I for, I forgot, and I was worried for a second yeah. when he first came out that it was Kanye. Like I was a little scared. I was Whoa. like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Is this whole thing about Taylor getting Kanye removed from the Super Bowl thing real? Have you guys heard that? According I've to heard Brandon, rumblings. Brandon Marshall says it's real. I haven't heard that from anybody else though. I don't know okay. how Brandon Marshall would have known. Okay, <laughs> I'm just curious. Leave him alone. Um, so yeah, it was a fine Super Bowl. Not 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 a huge memorable one Every, yeah, like, it, the people that were at my party were just really mad that justin bieber didn't come up i mean they had they yeah, had that that they had that rumored all like for the last couple days before the super bowl like they even had a flight tracking him to atlanta or to when he was there was. vegas yeah vegas yeah the atlanta of the right of the west and you know what and with you uh, uh instinctively saying atlanta leads me into my reasoning behind why the super bowl halftime show was mid God, we're so like you said. Transitions. It was, it was, it was slow. Like you said, it was slow at the beginning. Um, it definitely picked up the energy at the end. Um, and side note, if you haven't looked it up, go back and rewatch when Ludacris is walking towards the camera this way, and you have all the strippers up on the pole doing their thing. Look over, look to the lud on the left. Um, when she gets to the top, she just falls down, like oh, she no. falls off the pole at the bottom. So go rewatch that. So hopefully. Uh, she's okay. I didn't um, know there were strippers. I didn't know they were even doing that. I was so uh, focused on ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> showed, showed my cards. Uh, of course, this but, meme pops up as we're talking about this. Oh, geez. I can only imagine what's in that thread right now. Um, but yeah, like it picked up the energy, which is what you want to have in a Super Bowl halftime show. You want to keep the energy going because, I mean, you can see videos and like pictures of the crowds. Like you said, Reed, like these halftime shows are more geared towards the audiences at home. I mean, and the audio at home was even bad. I could only imagine what it was like in the stadium. It was um, weird, yeah. And like, you, you see these pictures of like people either just like standing there, not moving, or they're sitting there. And, you know, you can get down to, to all the music that was playing. You know, even with Alicia Keys out there, you can, you can get down with that. But I feel like the biggest thing that the NFL is missing when it comes to booking the talent for these Super Bowl shows is tying it to the community where the team is at. So you're in Vegas. Like you said, when you think Usher, you think Atlanta. Atlanta. I'm getting so hyped up. I'm about to wreck my whole setup. But when you think Usher and Ludacris and Little John, you think Atlanta. So that show would have gone off 20 times better if it was played in Atlanta. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And I think, that, no, I mean, who, who I'm was just thinking it? about Shakira and JLo in Miami. Right. The, the, and that's the same thing. Like you're, 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 you're tying yourself to kind of like that fan base. Like Miami is really big on, you know, Latin culture and things like that. You're kind of tying it all together. So it makes sense. But so what's like, the Vegas artists that you would have wanted? I would have had the killers and panic at the disco. I would have seen all those happy little crackers screaming the, the white boy anthem of Mr. Brightside <laughs> would have been insane of having that. That's what I would have done. Panic at Disco would have been a lot of fun. Panic at Disco and the Killers, you just have these random little artists kind of come up. That would have been, I feel, would have been a lot more entertainment, entertaining at that point. And it leads me into going again next year. It's in New Orleans. If it is anyone but Lil Wayne, I will not watch the halftime show. I mean, Lil Wayne needs to be involved, like at the very least. If he least. is not, no, 
He needs to be headlining the halftime show. Him. Bring in Master P. Bring in anybody else you want to bring in. I mean, hell, um, Reed knows this name really well. Bring uh, Trombone Shorty on there. I was, I, was just, I was just about to say, get that collection of uh, Trombone Shorty, John Batiste, uh, you know, Gary Clark, a couple of those other New Orleans guys in there to like really set it off. Right. You're going to have these big brass bands kind of elements to it. You know, the French Quarter and Bourbon Street kind of vibe to it. But like I said, like it, it, you're in the city. You should pay homage to the city itself with its music. So I, that's why it just felt like it just missed. I, I think I would have been more, more excited seeing Usher playing in Atlanta. I was trying to remember who the Atlanta Super Bowl halftime show was. I was like, I was like, yeah, it was really Atlanta. Yeah, I looked it up. It was Maroon Five. So yeah, yeah, right, that was when they butchered the the SpongeBob. Yeah, but they did have Big Boy there, but not Andre. It was it was an unfortunate. All right, so the NFL season's over. We've talked the Super Bowl. Now it's time to actually get into the season itself. And the best way to do that on this show, of course, is with a top five. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to do the top five observations from this NFL season. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. That's right, the top five observations from this past NFL season, according to the 323. We have all your favorites here Scott Elia, Sahara Ali. We're each going to give you a top five list here of our observations. Did we put a lot of thought into this? You'll never know. So we're gonna <laughs> we'll start. I'll I'll go ahead and kick this off and give you guys some time to like put it in order if you need to. And we'll you know we'll close out with uh Scott. Zoo will go after me. And my first thought here at number five, no OLIs for me, is that a year without Tom Brady. This is the first year in my lifetime watching the NFL that there was no Tom Brady. And a year without Tom Brady. It's very bizarre, but it definitely opened the door for like the new Kings of quarterbacking, right? You have like, I, I paid a lot more attention to Mahomes, a lot more attention to Josh Allen, Lamar Burrow. It gave me reason to like, get really excited about CJ Stroud in Houston. So it opens the door, but it was still weird. I think I got used to it by the end and I definitely got used to it in the damn Super Bowl as Mahomes now takes that Tom Brady role of like, do not leave that man anytime at the end of a game to go against you. Cause Brady was that horror story before. So that's my number five. I miss Tom Brady, but I don't miss Tom Brady. And I guess we'll get him on Fox and maybe he'll be super passive aggressive towards Mahomes uh, during these games after he kicks Greg Olson out of the booth. Zoo, your number five. My number five is the Jags still have a lot of work to do. Oh, not the Jags. They got their coach. They had a huge free agency splash. The AFC South was supposed to be mid at best. They were supposed to take over and be dynamic and have all their pieces together with their stud quarterback. None of that happened. That was, yeah, none of that happened. Weirdly mid-season by them. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, don't know what to make from that. Don't know what make to make the playoffs. I don't know what to make of their future, to be honest. I don't know how that works from here on. Calvin Ridley, kind of a disappointment. To the point that we might just get rid of him from the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip, I think. Like, you brought him up during Super Week. Keyshawn Booty, damn good candidate. Got to get that booty. Scott, you're number five. Uh, number five, simple question. What happened to Philly? You know, they, they, you know, I remember when, you know, the Eagles were, they were, they were 10 and one and, you know, they were like Super Bowl contenders about halfway through this past year. And it feels like it's so long ago, you know, they dropped, you know, their last four or five, including, you know, against the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Giants, you know, yeah, they were banged up, but like their defense just couldn't stop anything. 
at the, towards the end of the year. So I don't know what their outlook looks like going into next season. Now we take their offensive coordinator. <laughs> and we put him on some assistant role. Yeah, go yourselves, Philly. Yeah, he's a... Well, they have, still haven't even announced the role yet. I think it's just like pass game coordinator. Unless what I sent you it's earlier today had it on the answer. It's weird times. Go Washington. Interesting coaching yeah. choices there. I like it. Uh, number four for me is, man, the referees. Holy shit. Like, yeah, it seems head coach. refing is getting bad just about every year. It just gets worse and worse. And I don't know what was going on this year. It just seemed like there was an awful call every single major game. Like, every week there was some, like, at least two calls that just caused outrage. And you couldn't keep up with any of the others that were happening in other games. I know watching miserably watching commanders games i was seeing lots of shitty calls by refs going towards both sides but it was just infuriating and i get that there's human error and you're going to have that issue with you know human refs and i don't necessarily want them to lose their jobs to the robots but i mean shit we're watching it at home and it's still like to the point that we're getting it faster than they are and we're getting calls more correctly than they are they still can't even like process what a catch is in the NFL. So something needs to be done about the referees. Something needs to be done with officiating in the NFL. I'm sure they'll maybe address it in the offseason, but the union is really tough and strong. So minions with AI. I I would love minion referees. We need them. Zoo. We got our Toy Story football game. Now we need our minions one. We also got our SpongeBob game. I don't know if you guys watched the Super Bowl, any of Those the Super Bowl. That, <laughs> that seemed really fun as hell. <laughs> Super Bowl from Bikini Bottom. Zoo, your number four. Uh, number four was the AFC. Ugh. Patriots. Ugh. Bills. Ugh. Jets. Ugh. Uh. Dolphins. Thought we were on to something. And then as soon as you make a team that can put up a fight. Ugh. Uh. I mean, we thought that they were going to be super dynamic and the powerhouse and like at the worst the Patriots were going to be competent no none of that happened no 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 Scott you're number four uh number four is that the NFC South is just still a mess <laughs> I, mean, I mean you got the Bucks who who won out with a very mid nine and eight record this year they won it last year in 2022 eight and nine but i mean between I, I, they're they're probably the most complete team which is crazy to think about i don't think it really matters who's under center they're gonna have to come away with it because you have you know an inept owner and david tepper and in, in carolina who you know likes throwing drinks on people and fighting fans and doesn't know how to hire a coach and then you have you know dennis allen and um dennis allen and Derek carr kind of going at it time and time again it's just like the nfc south is just a shit show <laughs> that's all it is why do so many coaches bully Derek carr what is it about him that is just like a perpetuation for just fighting it just must be his face i mean arthur smith almost wanted to sh throw shots at him too maybe his country voice is just a little too intimidating boy howdy from fresno i'm Derek carr talking about diabetes Oh, number three for me. I should do it in my Derek Carr voice the entire time. Number three, I'm also with Zoo on this one partially. The AFC, woof. Not necessarily so much a woof, but like the veteran teams being the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals, these teams whose windows we've been talking about closing or potentially, you know, just shutting at some point soon for them. Still whiffing. And I wonder where they go from here when you have the youth teams, which are, you know, the Texans, the Dolphins, maybe the Colts, if Anthony Richardson can stay healthy, and maybe the Chargers. I mean, we pick – Scott picks the Chargers every year. And this might be – I mean, they get Jim Harbaugh now, so maybe they'll, maybe they'll <laughs> finally do it this time. But And then the Chiefs, obviously, you can't doubt them anymore. They're all sealing the shit up. So where do we go from here with the Bills, Ravens, and Bengals? I don't know. I'm curious to see how they adjust next season. 
Zoo, number three. The NFC North can only go up, right? I mean, we saw how incredible the Lions and Packers played. Uh, they still have very young teams that they're able to build on. Uh, I had the Bears taking the division. Like, they still have two really high picks, including the number one overall. So it's like, they have all the tools to build off of. Are they going to utilize that? I think the Vikings is the only big question because you don't know what you're going to do with Kirk. Are you going to draft somebody else? You're going to move up to get your guy. Um, what's up with the free agent? Are they going to be kind of like just, uh, you know, are they the ones taking the step back? But overall, like you would think the NFC North would be, you know, a division worth stressing over on game week. I'm, I'm as worried about the Vikings as I can be for a team that I don't really care about. Like, I'm worried about them, but I don't care. Yeah. And just because I think they're really going to screw themselves with this free agent situation they have between Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter and not knowing who to pay, how to divvy up this money, and they're going to lose both of them. And next thing you know, you're just going to have the Vikings winding up with Sam Darnold leading them next season, hoping that Sam Darnold is – Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith of next year, which it's, it's a da- it's a dangerous trend we're setting up in the NFL. <laughs> oh God, Scott, your number three. Uh, yeah, we're gonna stay there in the NFC North, and the the Bears probably have like the most impossible decision to make going into this off season. I mean, any any choice that they make with this first overall pick it's going to be, there's going to be scrutiny against it. So I feel like whatever choice they make, they need to own it and be, you know, unapologetic for what they do. Ultimately, I feel like they're going to trade that first pick, but no, the Bears, they definitely are in a tough spot. I'm I'm fully in the belief now of the exact opposite. I'm a, I'm a full believer in them taking Caleb Williams and trading fields. Did you see the betting odds, the betting lines shift the other night for Fields to the Steelers? I did, and that would be uh, very interesting for Tomlin to go from a undersized hand white boy to a uh, a quarterback of Justin Fields' caliber. I'd be very interested to see what he could do with that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say of Justin Fields' color. Oh, not in fact. Oh my God, Reed. Trubisky went back to the Bears in that deal too. Oh <laughs> They'd be lucky to get the MVP. <laughs> oh, number two, number two here for me. Number two is my my. I won't say bandwidth, my fan width, my my sports bandwidth here. I realize this season, maybe it's just me getting older. Or I don't know what it is, but my bandwidth for digesting other sports during the NFL z- season is just an, an absolute zero. I could not focus on any other. I, I had no idea what the hell was going on in the NBA outside of the time Draymond Green got suspended for punching somebody, for punching Yurkic, and then had to go to therapy. Like, I didn't know what was happening in baseball. I don't remember at all who won the World Series. I don't know Rangers. any. Who did? The Rangers? Rangers. Damn, it just spoiled the season for me. Oh. I mean, could've, you you could have told he me. He was going to rewatch it. You, <laughs> I, was about, I was about to start my binge watch today of the entire MLB season. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't keep up with anything else that's happening in sports, and now I feel like I'm getting like flooded with all this other stuff. Like I'm getting, Even shit like WrestleMania is like flooding into my brain because I have to get some stuff to take up that void that the NFL is leaving there before before the UFL gets here and you find your boy over at a DC Defenders game going ham on the uh, the beer snake and the lemons being thrown onto the field. Uh, I hope I can join this time. I really just want to be your cameraman. I, I want to get you. Yeah, we all need to go. We all need to go. And they say no shows on the facilities. We can absolutely do a show outside of the stadium and, and see what drunken mayhem <laughs> walks on by us at Audi Field. Oh, God. Zoo, your number zoo? The number zoo. Um, Eric Bieniemy offense, what happened? 
Uh, there was just so much hype of having a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator, one that worked with a great quarterback, one that worked with a great coach, one that everyone was speaking so highly of because he keeps you honest. And then we get that sick comeback in the Broncos game. We get those incredible two Eagles games. And then it was just, what happened? I mean, we had weapons. You had an offseason to develop an offensive line. Didn't draft anybody, didn't sign anybody, except for Nick Gates. Yay, you saw how their offensive line went. That just... Yeah, that was just really, really disappointing. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know where the blame has to go on that offense. Like, it, And it makes me... It does keep me questioning what we do with quarterback because of Sam Howell. Like, I really don't feel like it was a fair season to him, especially with that Washington Post article coming out about Biennemi and how he was treating play calling, how he tried to like fight. I don't know. It was like, you tried to fight, uh, not fight, but argue and scream at Terry McLaurin during a practice. And I mean, when you, that story. when you're, when you're running the ball and you're like the seventh ranked rushing offense, as you run the ball, keep fucking running the ball. Don't get away with it from it. This isn't the chiefs anymore that you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Sam Howell could be really good, but he's not Mahomes at all right now he's still learning the game so help the dude out i don't feel like he got a fair shot this year but i also don't know how you can pass up necessarily if you think that somebody's generational at number two so confusing times we got plenty of plenty of off season to stress about this yeah just one of the newest things that i've been hearing is that like say they take drake may at two and they somehow keep percent or somebody of that caliber to just be like the mentor backup. You're going to have Sam Howell from being the 17-game starter to the third string and active. That's just... That's the Rex Grossman. That's the Rex Grossman specialty, buddy. That's... Okay, <laughs> he was towards the end of his career when that happened. We're talking about a, like a 22, 23-year-old. Hey, don't doubt that Sam Howell. Could be in coaching and soon. We can get him there. Like Heineke. Get him to the XFL or the UFL. So we can have him at DC Defenders games with your boys, the 323. We'll keep communicating that message. More than awesome, Con. <laughs> Scott, your number zoo. Uh Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know what I'm more disgusted with. Your 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 joke not landing or Zoo's Christoph Waltz impression that he did before he went with his number two. A joke uh, a joke can never a joke can never not land for me. I will it's still up there into the ground yeah it's it's i'll keep that ball it's, up in the air like a going. <laughs> that's a josh allen hail mary well and it's funny that you mentioned something about lingering around uh and that's bill belichick lingered around one too many seasons there in new england i mean this was new england's i think worst season since what like the night the early 90s so yeah i mean the best thing he did aside from winning all those super bowls there with tom brady was at least securing a top three pick for him it's a good it's going. Defensive nice. vacancy in San Fran now. Oh, oh my God! God. What if Belichick was the defensive coordinator? Oh, God, <laughs> I was gonna joke about Rivera earlier, but that would be more entertaining. Oh, well, who, where did he get an interview at? He had an interview. Was it for Dallas? He had an interview. Dallas with, and Philly. Yeah, Dallas and Philly. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just round it out with the New York Giants. Just go, just go. Oh my gosh! Well. Number one for me, the biggest observation I had from this season, and I've learned my lesson. I've said it countless times, but I can't say it enough. You cannot doubt Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid anymore. This team should not have done well. Like they should, they should have been like a first round loss, maybe second round. But I did not. I doubted them all season. I doubted them every game in the playoffs. I said I wasn't going to do it in the Super Bowl, and I still picked the Niners because I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. And then they benched Kadarius Toney, and all their, all their problems were fixed. Everything was solved. <laughs> Mahomes does not need... We're going to the XFL. He's proven that he doesn't need a number one wide receiver. I mean, you could count... You can consider Kelsey that, I guess. But he's still, he's still a tight end and an aging tight end at that. Like, we've seen that through the season. Like... Mahomes can do this shit on his own, and it's very few quarterbacks that can ever do that. Peyton Manning was one of those 
who would make his receivers stars. They'd go away. They'd be shitty. Tom Brady would do the same to an extent. But good Lord, man. I mean, six years as a starter, three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs, four appearances, two-time MVP, all the All-Pros, all the Pro Bowls. Like, it's crazy what he and Andy Reid are doing. We'll have that debate, I'm sure, sometime in the near future of where the magic is really coming from. Is it all Mahomes or is a lot of it Andy Reid? I think it's just the perfect combination. It's an all-time combination now of quarterback coach. It's at the point that I I learned my lesson with Brady when he hit six Super Bowls. Uh, I'm going to stop hating on this dude. I'm just going to appreciate what I'm watching. And that's what I got to do with Mahomes now. I just got to appreciate the greatness. The Super Bowl so I can watch him play flag football. I do mm-hmm. want to see him play flag football. Maybe the Olympics. Maybe maybe that's what we need in the Olympics. Zoo, you're number one. My number one is holy crap, Houston. Yeah. They got rid of a lot of toxicity over there. They had a real shit season. And then they capitalized on their picks and free agency and like, that is a team that the city wants to rally around. It is a team that has a lot of fight. It has a team. It's a team that has a really bright future, and it's just incredible to see like how much they've been able to turn it around in such a short time. Hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. I'm very excited about them, and just looking at their defense and how young those stars are on defense between Will Anderson. Uh, Christian Harris Stingley. has taken off at linebacker. Yeah, Stingley, Derek Stingley Jr., uh, Henry Tuotuo. I don't even think got to play that much, but middle linebacker for them that uh, they drafted last year. I think he'll be pretty great. The whole team is really exciting. Tank Dell getting healthy, that wide receiver, Nico Collins being a stud that I trade away right at the most pivotal time of my fantasy season. Yeah, the Texans Predator's are fun. still not playing. Yeah, the Predator, Predator still being shitty. Look at that. You get rid of him, it works out. Scott, your number one observation from the NFL season. Uh, My number one observation for this past NFL season is that the Green Bay Packers do not miss on quarterbacks. (laughs) I mean, you had Brett Favre in the 90s, early 2000s, and then leads into Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, this past season was a first Jordan Love season. And... Just to kind of talk about stats, I mean, Aaron Rodgers last year went eight and eight and nine uh, through 26 touchdowns, 12 picks for 3,600 yards. Uh, Jordan Love this season went nine and eight through for over 4,100 yards, 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Oh, and with like sub 25 wide receivers. I mean, you had names like Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, a lot of these young guys who nobody knows who they are. And he was still able to produce it's it that and i think a lot of credit goes to matt lafleur too like he he erased a lot of doubt for me like that dude is that dude can coach that team is good as hell they're gonna be fun to watch next year happy for jordan love uh very jealous of that fan base and organization because as you say you go from brett Favre to aaron Rodgers to jordan love absolute insanity you get a little matt flynn sprinkled in there and uh (laughs) <laughs> it's just mad. I forgot that was even a person. Oh my god, I loved Matt Flynn. I thought he was going to be like the, I thought he was going to be the next John Beck when he started. When I thought John Beck was going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> hey, that's the NFL season, as reported from the three two three. It's kind of a sad time, isn't it? We we talked about it a little bit last week, but it's a little sad that you know these this this holy trinity here that we have of you guys. We've been doing NFL coverage all year and now it's done. Now we'll get into off season talk and all that, but then there's other sports, but it's been great to have you two every single week, just about sometimes it was some combination of the three of us and Luis throughout the year. But I very much appreciate these two Scott Elia, of course of the three, two, three college shame day, Zahir Ali, of the animation deliberation podcast. Love you guys. Appreciate you. We will all be together. Plus a couple more great friends over at awesome con in Washington, DC on March 8th. Look at Scott shoving his face to 
you know, the, the hearts and love coming from Zoo's box down there. Oh, oh I could never <laughs> shoo Zoo's love from his box away ever. No, I'm, I'm scrunching my face because I just saw that Rob Manfred said he's going to step down as commissioner in huh? 2029. Oh. That's in five years. Why are you even announcing that right now? Because everybody will forget. It'll make people happy right now and then they'll forget. Just like I remember Roger Goodell said he was going to leave the commissioner position back in like 2018. And look where we're at. Oh, can we get a quick congrats to Caitlin Clark? Yes, a big congrats to Caitlin Clark. What was what was the record there that she had? Uh, oh, crap. Iowa uh, Iowa women's basketball star phenom. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was previously set by Washington's Kelsey Plum at 3,527. Uh, Caitlin Clark of Iowa has now surpassed that tonight in the game. Caitlin Clark, man, is a badass. Like, she is awesome. She is, like, really – she is – she and Angel Reese are creating a huge narrative and an awesome story arc and going into their way into the WNBA that you're kind of getting this – what they're going to try to frame as kind of like a new magic bird between the two of them. And, like, it makes you forget that they also have, like, Paige Beckers over at um at a Yukon oh, who was also the like the big star before the two of them took over and she you know she tore her ACL and missed the season. So you're getting a lot of awesome awesome youth wave coming into the WNBA, which is really awesome. And then you're seeing that NBA All Star weekend this week Steph Curry's gonna take on Sabrina Ionesco, who broke his three point contest record at last year's WNBA All Star event. He's going to take her on in like a special three-point contest. So mm-hmm. it's really awesome to see women in basketball. Scott, what'd you have there? I saw you laughing. I'm scared. I saw me, saw me laughing. Uh, Fairly Dickinson's men's basketball team got stuck in an elevator, um, <laughs> which caused them to, I think they postponed the game or they canceled the game against Long Island University. Uh, when ESPN reached out to Fairly Dickinson's special assistant to the athletic director, Jordan Sarnoff, for a response to what happened, Jordan said, it got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. wonderful that's all you need to know is it got stuck what else do you need to know (laughs) see this is what and we'll get more into it in the future this is what i want to do going forward to keep this trio together is like a little you know a little a a, a potluck a sort a podluck a podluck Ooh, what a tease there we need to do it just for the name now podluck of stories and topics to bring about because how else would you hear about Fairleigh Dickinson? That's what the 323 is all about. That's what you get with Scott Ellie of the 323 College Shame Day, Zahar Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. You can check our beautiful faces out on the 323 Network YouTube page if you're only listening there, or if you want the pod to go, you can get the whole thing wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you want to do, Patreon at you know patreon.com slash three two three read. Of course. We'll have plenty of info on AwesomeCon March 8th, Friday, March 8th, 9.15 p.m. The Big Room 207A. Yeah, 207A. <laughs> we'll be, look, B will be right there. You don't need to know. You'll be right there. If, if you if you wind up in some like, hint, uh, what is it, like hentai? One of those like hentai oh. uh, panels and stuff. You know it's not us. Go to the next room. We're right there. It might be Griffin, but might it might be. be not one of us. Griffin's hosting that one. <laughs> That's another animation deliberation. <laughs> At, yeah, animation deliberation after dark. Nice. <laughs> 80-80. <laughs> uh, but for the 323, in the meantime, I am your host, Reed Murphy. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you very much.